Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Book Talk with Uplifting Impact, where we are chatting it up about my new release, Action Speak Louder. Our guest host is no stranger to diversity, equity, and inclusion stories, no stranger to Uplifting Impact, one of our most amazing partners, and is really ready to get into this conversation with us. So welcome, 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 John. Thank you, Deanna, and thanks for inviting me along on the Book Talk series. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I'm John Kuplow. I'm president and executive director of the Wisconsin School of Business Center for Professional and Executive Development. And I'm excited to be here with you today, diving deeper into your new book, Action Speak Louder. Can you believe it's here, John? I feel like we have been talking about this book together for such a long time. <laughs> oh my goodness, Deanna, we have we have it so exciting. Uh, you know, I think about friends, and I treasure our friendship, and uh, just how much we've been able to work together over the years. And it's, uh, I know we both have children. It's kind of like birthing a new child, isn't it? <laughs> it is, except the process is much, much longer than nine months. So it is. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's actually more challenging than birthing a child. <laughs> Some people, you know, as a doula, I'm not sure. But yes, there is yeah. so many, you know, aspects and there's so many people who really have to be part of the process. I think that's one of the yeah. most beautiful things about the book writing process, but I think it's the one that's kind of like the most secretive, right? Like people don't realize yes. just how many people. And when I think about like one of the biggest categories is people who are your cheerleaders, people who like support mm. you down and you have been in that category for me. So this is my big public view. Well, you're very welcome. It's a, it's really been an honor and a pleasure. And uh, I know this is only the beginning of, of, uh, even more impact uh, as we go forward. So, you know, Deanna, I really wanted to do this uh, when when I got the invitation. I was really excited because uh, I've personally seen the impact with the clients we serve at the center um, as they worked with us, but also with you and Justin uh, implementing these DEI solutions at their organizations. I know you can't mention the company, but I know you, this will sound familiar. Uh, one of the clients that we've worked with, a large 30,000 employee organization, uh, they've not only talked about DEI, uh, but they've actually made meaningful changes and embraced uh, DEI awareness and improvement throughout the organization. And uh, you know that's that's exciting to me because I think one of the things that, that I've heard a lot lately is that there's a lot of companies that were really quick to talk about DEI improvements following the murder of George Floyd. But and it, it just like the pandemic, it's been two years, right? Two years since that murder. And unfortunately, a lot of organizations haven't made the internal changes and held up to those commitments that they talked about early on. So I, I, I still see a lot of work to be done, and, and that's why I'm so excited about Action Speak Louder, because it really, I've had a, 
an opportunity to preview, uh, you know, Deanna's work, and it gives you the chance to look introspectively, which is the, I know you always uh, talk about this, Deanna, it's so important that you first look internally at yourself, but then it gives an, a, a tremendous blueprint uh, for organizations. And uh, I just, again, I see such a great need uh, still for, for this book. So, so thank you. Well, thank you. You know, it's interesting because one of the things, the big steps in the process is determining what the name of the book is going to be. Mm, Actions speak mm. louder. Like, you know, as soon as I like heard it, we were like workshopping it and everything. I'm like, no, this is definitely the title. But one of the titles that made it pretty far in the process was around like collecting receipts. Right. It was no. that same kind of idea of, mm. wow, you know, there's a lot of interest and excitement and of making promises. And now what's happening? Mm. Right. Like, where, where are the receipts from the things that we, we said mm. we were buying? That's good. That we were supporting. But it's not as good yeah. actions speak louder, right, John? We're still on the right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I, yeah. 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 I mean, I like both titles, but uh, yeah, I like actions speak louder because I think it does summarize where we are. Right. And quite frankly, we'll continue to be, as the saying goes, talk is, is cheap, right? I mean, yeah. we can talk a lot about it. And, um, you know, I think that's, if I can just share a quick story about uh, just my own personal journey uh, with DEI. Um, it's been five years uh, that I've been uh, here at the center. And, um, you know, I joined in 2017 as an executive leader. And you may recall, Deanna, this was the first time in my career that I was at this level as an executive leader. I was always in support roles in, in corporate uh, jobs. And now I had uh, the opportunity and I, I realized that I was awarded a significant level of privilege. And that privilege provided opportunities uh, to influence and, and foster change. And that started, I, I, you know, first looked, of course, at our own culture um, as an organization and, and just how we need to change again and, and take some actions to change as an organization. But then I looked at all of the organizations that we work with and that we have the opportunity to touch and model and lead and that it felt like an immense weight, honestly, and a responsibility, but it also felt like a tremendous opportunity. And I'm aware now more than ever of how intentional, especially the most senior leaders need to be at organizations. Uh, and it really does start at the top. I mean, there can be grassroots efforts and in many organizations I've been in, I've seen those grassroots efforts uh, from the underrepresented populations in those organizations. But at the end of the day, it takes a leader. And oftentimes that leader has has to acknowledge the privilege they have and then use that um, as the opportunity to really be change agents. And it's um, it's been incredibly grateful. I, I'm cr incredibly grateful for partnership because I, I, you know, we can't do it alone. Uh, this does need to be a community effort and these types of partnerships um, help us and help uh, leaders uh, like me just really move in a meaningful way what we hope to do in our communities. Yeah, I mean, that's like a huge thing. And I really appreciate you bringing it forward because I think so often, you know, we hear the word privilege and like our first response, especially because of what you see in the media and kind of the way that it's portrayed, like your first response is like, wait, I don't have it. 
but one of the things we talk a lot about, right. And, and in the book too, this idea of you have, if you, if you recognize that everybody has some privileges in different situations, it's different, right. We get microphones often, John, because of the work that we do. And so we're able to have platforms like this, but there's exactly. just different privileges that you get in different spaces that the sooner you're able to not only recognize them, but own them and then think about, well, how do I better use them for others? How do I use my privilege the further yep. we're all, we're all going to get, right? So I, I think that that whole lesson just around using your privilege is something that, again, I, I can totally like relate to you because when I realized, right, like, yeah, I'm being put in these leadership mm-hmm. positions, which affords me something different than what might have been, right? Or in, in my own past, exactly. other people might do. And so now what am I going to do with it? What, what does that look like? How am I showing up differently to kind of model some of the things that we're talking about? So it is a heavy weight, though. That is also true. It is. <laughs> and I, I think I'm probably at this stage of my life and career that I think about legacy. Mm-hmm. You know, what what do you want your legacy to be, both with your family and your children, uh, but also in this role? And again, uh, you know, I, 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 of course, want to be known for the great work that we do as a center. But more importantly, I would like to be known that we really uh, made significant change happen and, and we're change agents. And again, we can't do that alone, uh, but we can collectively make a significant difference. Yeah. I believe. I agree. I agree. And I think, you know, people might not know what our partnership is. We've talked about it a lot, but maybe we should just say <laughs> what it is that we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to talk about that. Well, well, you know, uh, again, I shared that we have a friendship. So Deanna and I actually uh, worked together at an organization. So we kind of started together more on the corporate side, which, you know, I think now that I think forward, that was a pretty cool thing. And, and neither of us knew what was in front of us <laughs> and in front of our careers. But then we had to, had the opportunity to connect uh, through the University of Wisconsin-Madison. And, and uh, uh, you know, our, our dean at the, at, at the time now, uh, was able to connect, reconnect us. Yeah. And, uh, we, you know, we started dreaming and we started thinking about what could be possible through this partnership and excited that we were able to launch a certificate. I believe, uh, really best in class as far as just all of the principal and foundational concepts as it relates to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it's been very well received. Uh, we have already some graduates of the of the program which is exciting and it's something that will it, it was a commitment uh and it was a significant commitment uh but it will become i believe uh, something that will be a part of our curriculum and our programming for many 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 years hopefully way beyond the two of us even diana you know again talk about legacy yeah um how cool would that be to say that, you know, the, the two of our organizations were able to get this started for, for our communities. And, you know, we've dreamt about uh, how we can expand that and take that forward. And I mentioned that very large organization. It was because of that certificate. Now we're starting to get requests from companies that want to bring that internally and do a more of a tailored or custom, you know, for their needs. And uh, that particular organization is going to be training all 30,000 of their employees um, in some of, not all of the content of the certificate, because it's quite robust, but 
some of the core concepts. And if we can get that kind of, you know, impact and start really seeing that snowball and, and yeah. you know, it, it, we can we can start in our own communities, but hopefully grow across the United States and across the, the globe. I believe that. Oh, yeah. And we've already had people in that certificate program who are coming to us from different places in the in the world. Exactly. Just, you know, from our, exactly. from our state. And so. That has been really awesome. And then being able to come and also partner alongside, uh, you know, with organizations who are trying to move their, their like big ideas into strategy. That is, yeah, I think, yeah. like one of our, both of us share that as just a core passion. And I think that's yes, what that's about, right? Like, it is. I know. Again, back to the title, uplifting, uplifting Impact. Yep. yep. And again, it, you know, the impact can be great. I, I, I really believe that. So awesome. Dean, I wanted to share a personal story uh, about inequity that, that I've experienced in my career journey. As I mentioned, I have spent most of my career in uh, human resources and in corporate. And, you know, human resources historically has been primarily a female uh, driven or, or dominated profession. And so I've worked with amazing women over the the last two decades, uh, many who desire to progress in their careers. And I've seen many, many uh, women passed over for promotional opportunities and the jobs given to internal male candidates and even external male and female candidates. And because of this, uh, these amazing women who I believe could have been tremendous leaders in those organizations became quickly disengaged. Uh, their performance was impacted, mm -hmm. and oftentimes they ended up leaving the organization. Um, it was incredibly frustrating. You know, I, I I was a mentor and friend to many of them, and and to listen to the pain and and uh, frustration, especially when they loved the organizations they were at. Yeah, they didn't want to leave. You know, they didn't want to be disengaged. They didn't want to feel the way they did about the leadership. And I don't believe the organization ever, the organizations ever realized truly what, the, you know, the impact, um, negative impact that they had on these women's careers. And um, it was, it was hard to watch. Uh, it was hard to experience. Um, and I, I wanted to share that because I know that uh, you address this very topic uh, in, in uplifting impact. So maybe you can talk about ways that maybe we can fix this or, or, or ways that we can address this in, in organizations? You know, I think right now, one of the big things is everybody is talking to us literally every single day. I'm having a conversation with a client about the great resignation, right? People yes. moving on and it is, it's, it's dominating our news headlines. This is not something that's like just happening in one sector and not in other sectors. It really is happening. Um, at, at a very high level. And it's a, it's a real thing. And it's having very tre like tremendous impacts on the organizations. But I think one of the things like to your point, even about what you're talking about is that a lot of what is going on and a lot of the decisions that people are making, there is this assumption that people are jumping ship because they can get more money or they can get, you know, a, a different title. And yes, of course that always happens. I mean, that is part and parcel of right. Being part of the, the working force. But one of the key drivers, and this is what the research says, as we kind of talk about it in the book too, is that a lot of times people are leaving because they don't understand like 
what their promotional opportunities are, or they're leaving because they're not getting professional development. They're leaving because they're not getting mentorship. And when you think about literally like just the financial cost of what it takes to replace people and to bring them in, just think about it, right? Like we we won't, we don't have to put numbers here. I mean, there are numbers, you know, I think there are, I remember correctly, it's like six to nine months worth of somebody's salary is what it essentially takes to replace them. We used to say two to three times their salary, which, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, it's intense. I mean, when you think of all of the recruiting costs and the, the time to productivity, right? I mean, people don't come into an organization and are immediately productive, right? It takes time yeah. to train and, and help them understand your culture and, and, you know, your values and what drives the performance of that organization. Yeah. It's yeah, incredibly expensive. So expensive financially, but it's also really expensive on morale. It's expensive on people's desire to want to feel included. It's expensive on your goodwill out in the community because yes. John, the same conversations those people were having with you and those women, you know, they were having them with their other friends, right? They were having them with and family. their circles and their family. And so right there, you're impacting your potential customer base. You're impacting yeah. future employees. You're impacting exactly. your goodwill in, you know, in the, in the city. I, I will share this example. Just, I got a phone call last week. I probably get two to three of these a month. Um, but I got a phone call last week and it was from somebody who's an executive that anybody who's looking for someone to join their team would do a backflip for, right? Really like an amazing leader. And the reason for the phone call was I have a short list of organizations I'm considering. It was an African-American woman. And she said, I am too far along in my career to be playing a lot of the games that I played earlier in my career. Do you have any information about any of these organizations that I have shortlisted that would cause me or that you think would cause me pause about entering, yeah. right? Because yeah. at yeah. this point in the yeah. game, she's being recruited for literally anybody would, like I said, do a backflip to have this amazing woman on their on their team. But she is not making her decisions based off of what people are. She's making her decisions based off of what is the goodwill that's out there in that in the community. What do what does it feel like? I mean, her, her question was, do you have any other you know women of color who are working in these organizations? Because I want to hear directly from somebody who's had this experience, either past, present, you know. Um, and I and I want to be able to talk about it. I'm gonna say, right? You know this, right? Coming from a background in HR, you know this is somebody who's running a big organization. That is not the kind of conversation you want to go south, right? It, that is the kind nope. of conversation you want to be lifted up. Like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, you're considering them? They're fantastic. And here's why. And here are the examples. And here's who you can talk to. And and I just exactly. don't think that people understand the opportunity cost of, there is a huge opportunity cost by creating and perpetuating exclusionary behaviors. Yeah. Well, and then you look at sites like Glassdoor, yes. which, I mean, you know, if I was a candidate looking for an opportunity, I would look at, you know, and that, that in fact, that actually talks about the CEOs, the senior right. leaderships, and are are they a man or woman of their word? And, are, you know, are they, uh, do their actions, you know, speak right. louder than their words? And so, yeah, it, I, I still agree with you. And, and, um, I think that's contributing greatly to the great resignation. I think that's spot on, Deanna. Yeah. And I just think like, right, when you even look at something like Glassdoor, I have to tell you, like, I honestly, when I'm thinking about different organizations and me, my partner with, as a client, 
not even thinking about it as an employee, but as a client, I want to see like, what do the people inside your organization really think about whether or not you're living up to these values? And I have walked away exactly. from, I mean, things that would have been, you know, yep. really amazing opportunities for some of these, you know, vendors and, and different things with places we would have partnered with because it doesn't look like what they're saying and what they're sharing with us is actually being felt within their organization and vice versa, right? I've made decisions exactly. positively too. It's not a negative thing always. It's like, wow, look at no, what your people no. say. Like this, yeah. you really are yeah. in the walk. Like this is something I can, I can be a part of. So. Yeah. 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 I hadn't thought about this until just now, but even as a consumer, you know, they have that saying that does, you know, how you treat your employees is, is how you treat your customers. I yeah. mean that, that, you know, if you treat your employees right, then that that is how you also look at your customers and you know if you're not treating your employees right and then expect them to deliver on a you know promise that you're not delivering to them so uh, you know there's there's probably a lot more data to be mined in you know places (laughs) like glassdoor you know for for all of us even as consumers um and especially related to you know inclusion and and equity And I think, you know, one of the things I hear, John, is people will say, well, you know, how accurate is that? It's based off people's perceptions. When you come to a conversation Mm. around inclusion, perception is really important, right? It's not the only thing, but it is really important in ways that it might not necessarily be in some other more, you know, quantifiable things. And so, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. There's so much information that can be mined from how people are talking or how people are reporting on on sites like that, or, you know, just how, how people view what you are doing and what you're sharing into the world. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Perception is reality. I mean, I've always lived by that. I mean, and I, and uh, I, I still agree. So I know, uh, Deanna, one of the, we're kind of on this topic, but maybe you want to share a couple comments. Um, I know one of the challenges that we see in organizations is eliminating unconscious bias. That's something that we get many requests for. Uh, and I know that you, that we've partnered, you know, on some of those sure. opportunities as well. So would you share a little bit about how Actions Speak Louder um, discusses this this important topic? Yeah, so I think one of the things um, that we try to really own when we talk about unconscious bias is the fact that even setting yourself up to think that you're going to eliminate it doesn't necessarily work, right? Because it's unconscious. So it's really like that's kind of setting yourself up for, for failing. However, there are some things that you can do to make sure that you're much more cognizant. And so what we try to focus on is like, you know, people are always like, give us the list. Just give me the list of all the things. They always want a checklist, right? Right. And then I won't do any of those things. Like I will, you know, and it doesn't exist because different things happen in different situations, you know, call for different things. And so really what we try to help people understand is what is the process by which Mm. you are thinking about things that you are experiencing. And I think Mm. one of the, the big ones that we talk about in the book is this focus on what does it mean to be professional? And what's really like, we do these exercises and there's exercises in the book. So when you get your copy, you'll be able to see these exercises, but we do these exercises and we try and have people define what it means to be a professional. If you have a hundred people in the room, you are going to get 
a hundred different definitions, right? A hundred different things of what fits into the category of non-negotiable totally. versus what, you know, and, and what that looks like. And even things that we might like assume are universal, right? The ways that we even define those things that might be in our universal category are very different one person to the next. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that we talk about is that we can't, therefore, list all the things like these are the things. And then if you do these, you will have no more bias. But we can do is we can say, what do you define as professionalism? What is the rest mm -hmm. of you define as professionalism? How much of that is actually based in what is going to help you like move forward? And how much of that is based in that's just what you're comfortable with or that's what you're most, you know, what you're most used to. And and then how do we, if we're thinking through this process and we're thinking critically, it's, it's about critical thinking, if we're thinking critically, then what is it that we could do that would change our behavior or change our policies or change whatever to be more reflective of a much more expansive view of what it means to be mm. professional? Mm. And I think that that to That's me, good. like for me, it's much more, and, and I try really, really hard. There's always some resistance. There's always some people I have to pull, kicking and screaming, but I try really, really, really hard to move away from like that checklist and much more towards let's start practicing the process of how we're going to go about looking at some of these things so we don't get stuck, right? And, and we don't keep perpetuating the very things we say that we're trying to get rid of. It's really helpful. I think about the, uh, I used to uh, always talk with people about the golden rule. You know, the golden rule is like, you know, treat others how you want to be treated. Right. And I used to always challenge that because how do we know or why do we assume other people want to be treated the way that we want to be treated? Right. I don't know if you've heard of the platinum rule, but, you know, it's more on, have you? Yeah. So treat others the way they, you know, and, and, and it, it just reminds me of what you're saying is a more expansive perspective of even the, the professionalism, you know, because there's so many aspects, right? I'm sure as you lead those discussions, you know, because you hear, dress i'm sure you know so appearance uh, how somebody talks you know the language they use or you know i mean there's so many facets of how you would define professionalism i'll give um, you an example that came up really recently that's please. Kind of funny not i mean not funny but what i so the other day i opened my closet up and i was looking at my closet and i am i come from a really rich like you know indian tradition and so the color, right? The brighter the color, the better. Yeah. I grew up just in a household where you wore an all yellow suit and an all red suit and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, also just in my African American background too, like you know, no big thing to have a big, beautiful. My mom would call that loud. Yeah, loud. loud. <laughs> you no, know, like yeah. But for me, that was always a representation of joy and excitement. And I remember yes. being in corporate America and someone telling me to mm. tone it down, right? And I never mm. fully toned it down, but I definitely moved away from having all of the bright colors and instead, you know, having a pop of color. So I went from being loud to having a pop. A scarf. Yeah, a scarf, a, a pin, a, you know, just a, a pop of color. And I just was looking in my closet the other day, I was just reflecting, right? And you can't find anything like dark or drab. This is probably the, the darkest thing I have because yeah, yeah. everything is like bright and right. And that to me is a representation of one of those moments where if I'm wearing a yellow jacket, right? And somebody's wearing a gray jacket next, does that make me any less professional than that person? Does that make me any no. less 
you know, well suited to be able to do the work in, in many, you know, instances. And the reason why I thought about it is because I just come from an event where everybody was wearing like dark, you know, black, gray and black. And And I cannot tell you how many people said, Oh my goodness. Seeing you just made me so happy. Like, Oh wow. This, so in that, I mean, that's a perfect example of how me being able to be who I am, yes. bring my culture yes. into the workplace, actually yeah. brought a lot of joy to other people. Like, oh, somebody even said, oh, my gosh, I am so we are I'm so sick of looking at just, you know, dark. What a breath of fresh air. Huh? What a breath of fresh yeah. air was the exact quote, John. And so, again, it's those things, right, that we get stuck in. I never would have wore these earrings, but these earrings came from Ghana. They came from, right, there's this beautiful, They're beautiful yeah. sitting with a client and having a conversation. They're going to get some attention, right? I can start a whole yeah. conversation about Ghana and about how and who created them and the social enterprise yeah. behind it and all of that. But if I'm not in an environment that accepts that or has a definition of professionalism that doesn't encapsulate that, then all of a sudden I'm putting myself, right, in an inability in, – I'm, I'm discounting my ability to create those kinds of relationships. You know, it's, uh, what's really interesting about where we are now with uh, coming out of the pandemic and now having more discussions like this. I happen to be in, in my office, but oftentimes, and I know many times we've talked, we've each been in our homes. And, you know, now with this whole hybrid and remote, it's been interesting because I don't know if you've experienced this, but we see more of who people are because we're in their home and we we've seen the true personality and and who they are and i think there's now more of an acceptance yeah and perhaps a i think we we still have work to do certainly and i think there's opportunities and we could talk longer on inclusion with this no remote because if i have part people in the office and part remotely, you know, are, are, are people that are in the office being treated differently or have more opportunities, you know, than, right. than folks remote work. But I think the positive movement in inclusion is that we, we were all a bit on a level playing field, you know, whether I was the CEO or some of the front line, we were all at home and, and I, I was able to see who you are as a person. And I think that's really what you're saying. I mean, yeah. it's like we, we need to look broad, more broadly than, you know, not think of it as professionalism as a uniform yeah. <laughs> you know, that everybody has to look the same. And I think, I know we have both worked in organizations where, you know, the, the women were expected to wear suits and the men were, I mean, and, and yes, it's like you, you didn't need to be told. No. Because you saw it. Yeah. Well, it and if you didn't it. fit that, you probably <laughs> wouldn't have stayed, right? I mean, yeah. you would have been, you would have been told either change or, you know, you you don't fit here. Right. And and I think that that's no. what's so interesting about that too, John. And I could talk at length about this, but I also think that part of the reality is that for some people there was no difference between home and work. Yes. And for other people, there were these grave differences mm, between chasm. Yeah, huge chasms. And I think one of the things I've heard other people say that too, right? That my realization of like, oh my gosh, you were doing all of this and coming to work and I had no idea. Right. Mm. They didn't they either didn't have that experience or they hadn't thought through, you know, thought about it and stuff. And so 
I do think that there's there's like a, a moment for disruption and it's happening. I mean, we don't have to. It is happening. It is it's happening. happening. And I think the biggest difference isn't so much that there's this like new expectation. It's just that the expectation is being extended to everybody. Right. If I'm part of a majority group in an organization and I could just show up the same way I showed up at work and I can show up the same way at home and, and that's cool. And that's how it's always been for me. But now I'm seeing like, wait a minute, I just saw you and, and you act the same way at home that you do at work. But I've never had the privilege of being able to do that. So I think I should, too. That's what's happening here. It's not that it's, exactly. you know, it's changing that. It's just the fact that it's more expansive. The number of people who have that expectation and quite frankly should. Yeah. 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 So. Well, Deanna, I think we could do a full day one of these, but I know um, we have some important work to do, right? Uh, we, you know, and I've so enjoyed our time together. And, you know, I wanted to share, I've uh, pre-ordered my copy of uh, Action Speak Louder. I would just tell everybody that's listening, if you haven't uh, pre-ordered your copy yet, please find the link in our show notes to get yours uh, pre-ordered today. I I, I want to, and I mean this very sincerely, you, you don't want to miss uh, this book. It's great. And Deanna, it's been a pleasure. I know you have some uh, book perks that you want to listeners to learn more about as well. Uh, will you share those with the audience? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, at Uplifting Impact, we're all about giving generously. That's one of our big uh, values and things that we are always thinking about. So right now, if you purchase a book, you get access to our foundations course for free. So in this pre-sale process, if you're interested, you can get access to that course. It's like five different videos. You can watch them whenever you want to. And it's really about how to deepen awareness and awareness opportunities in your organizations. So it's an amazing add-on, right? It would cost something extra if if we were doing outside of this pre-release process, but really excited to be able to offer that. The other thing that we're doing is for people who are part of the the launch is we are offering access to our Ask Me Anything session. So if you purchase five or more books, you receive even more perks. So five or more and you get even more perks. Once you order the books, you can just go to the webpage and you can actually our website, upliftingimpact.com. And that's where you can go to redeem your perks. The other thing that we're doing right now, and there's only a couple weeks to be able to participate, yeah. is our launch team. So if you want to just, you know, have the inside scoop, maybe see a little bit of the content before everybody else does, hear about some of the fun things and surprises we have coming along, um, you can join our Facebook group. And the Facebook group is where the launch team is really coming together to help get more information out into the world. And if you've never been part of a launch team, it's pretty cool experience. So I would just say, you know, the team and everybody who's in there facilitating it is doing a fantastic job. So we'd love to have you. They are. Yeah. They are, Deanna. I've been I've been a part of it. I'm, I'm a part of the group and it's been your point around some just really helpful uh, tips and information. I've shared them. I've used them. I've, I've told the team about them. So yeah, definitely want to encourage it. It, it all sounds really helpful. Again, the link to redeem uh, your perks and join the launch team will be in the show notes. Uh, you can pre-order your book today too and order one for a friend while you're at it. It's always a great gift. Gifts are good anytime, right, Dean? Not just during the holidays. (laughs) Surprise people. Uh, You know, I've thought it would be just, uh, you know, I used to do internal kind of book clubs at the organizations I was with. So, you know, to get one for the management team or your leadership team at your organization and then just kind of take a chapter at a time and 
you know, each week or month, talk about that and how you're going to apply that. I always think that's a great idea. So anyway, uh, Deanna, it's been great talking. All things action speak louder with you today. I can't wait to get the book in my hand later this month. The 31st, right, is yes. when they should ship. Yes. Oh my gosh, we are <laughs> weeks away. And uh, I, again, thanks for uh, having the book talk with us today. Before you go, if you're listening from social, please comment and use the hashtag the DEI guide and be sure to stay connected on social to stay up to date on the latest regarding Action Speak Louder, its release and the events surrounding it. So Deanna, great spending time with you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.